Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Hunter. Hello, Space Game Junkies. Welcome back, and also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Uh, We're not sure where Jim is. Um, He's totally marked as green on uh, Discord, and I've pinged him, but maybe he'll show up later. I also have to apologize. I have developed some kind of weird kind of phlegmy hacking cough today. I actually took a sick day, so... um, I I hope I don't cough on microphone because it sounds disgusting. <laughs> but uh if I do, I apologize. Uh so we were going to talk about this last week, but because of circumstances beyond our control, we couldn't all be here, so we figured we'd put it off. Uh but this is a really we're talking about like a problem. Like we we try and keep it positive around here, you know. But what we're going to talk about tonight has become a problem for players and developers, and, and it's discoverability. Uh, if you don't know what that means, uh, basically it means how easily a game can be found or how easily your game can be found. And it's not just Steam, it's the Google Play Store, it's the, it's the App Store on, on iOS. It's just a bigger and bigger problem. And what got me thinking about this topic was a tweet by... Um, Daniel Ahmad, who apparently is a consultant, and uh, he said that around 6,000 games were released on Steam this year, which I think is more than the last four or five years combined. How do you... Sounds about right. Yeah, how do you find the games you want to play uh, in that uh, in that mess? And it's... Even with someone as plugged, even with someone as plugged as me, with the, with the community we have here, we're still, you know, we can't. <laughs> we're still like finding things falling between the cracks. So uh, we wanted to talk about uh, some stories we heard from fans and developers. We wanted to talk about what we do, what we think you should do to help fight um, the deluge of gaming. Uh now. It's kind of not a bad thing because because we're getting so many games, we're getting so many good games. Like we're gonna look back on 2017 next week, uh, like you know, best, worst, all that stuff. But this has been in a crazy great year for gaming, hasn't it? You guys, like, oh yeah, I would think so. Yeah, just 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 space games alone. There've been about 40 of them, you know, that I've counted. Like I probably missed like some dinky little shooters or whatever. But, like, I think I covered about 40 games this year, 40 new games. And the thing is, most of them were good. Like, some were really good. You know, some were excellent. But, like, most of them weren't bad. Which is crazy. Like, who has the time to play all those games? I don't even have the time to play all those games. Yeah, well, that's... I think that's another part of discoverability, though. I think you brought up a really great point, and I'll I'll start off that right off the bat is that there are so many games already that people are so into, right? That they're already really invested in. Like sometimes, I mean, you look at you look at some of these game companies, these developers that keep pushing content for games that have been out for years. I'm specifically speaking of StarCraft Two in this regard. You know, StarCraft Two came out in 2010, for example. And Blizzard is still pumping out new stuff for that or 
something different for it, especially with like the co-op commanders and uh, different things in that regard. And so that kind of content for a game that is so well loved keeps people coming back. And I think that in, in, in a way that's a good thing because if it's, if they're doing a good job, you know, you want to keep doing it. But at the same time, it, it, it is interesting, um, trying to discover something else that's out there. You know, in some cases, some people aren't even looking cause they're already content with what they got. Yeah. I mean, when you have people playing thousands of hours of league of legends or Dota two, you know, or, or Starcraft two, like, how do you lure those gamers away? Can you even, yeah. Well, I think I think in some regards it's you know there there is a genre based thing that sometimes it's hard to pull into like space games for example fractured space is trying that right like with their MOBA version of I wouldn't even call it League of Legends but it is like a MOBA but with spaceships um, and you know sometimes space games don't fit into those kind of genres very well I do enjoy fractured space for what it is but it's not something that I would play all the time. Well, yeah, but there are people who play these games all the time. Like, do you just do you just forget about them? I mean, that's an interesting quandary, you know. Well, I mean, it's kind of like you know, after a period of time, you can get bored with something, right? But like, you know, you think back in the day, like I remember when I was in college, playing hours upon hours on end of Day of Defeat Source, and that was just kind of my, you know my bread and butter of gameplay. You know, I had a community that I played with and it was always a lot of fun and we always had a good time. I, you know, I think, I think over time though, you know, people can get bored with that. You know, someone from the community leaves, things get less fun. Um, so there's, there's that to kind of take into consideration, but it's just like, you know, do you know, it, are, is that community worth tapping into? Like, you know, is, is League of Legends a community for a space game, like, game to try and tap into? Right. And, yeah, and, and so many people try and not really succeed. <laughs> sure. I think, I think the other problem, hey, Jim, nice to see you. I think the uh, I think the other problem too with some, with discoverability is that there is quite literally a game for everybody out there, whether it is on mobile or whether it is console or PC or whatever it is. There's there's gaming qualities and there's different even space games, for example. There's just space games out there for like you know any variety of interest, you know, all the way from your 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 just your two D kind of little adventure games all the way up to your big three D MMOs to first-person shooters. But I, I think part of the problem with the discoverability is improper um, marketing and not necessarily marketing on the developer's part. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's almost storefront prob- uh, problems. Mm. Um, and I think, I think steam and valve are very much aware of this, but it's just like, how do you cure it? You know, when you're already so convoluted. I mean, and that's part of Steam's problem is that over the last three years alone, they have doubled, tripled, and quadrupled the amount of games that they've had offered through their storefront. And I th- and I think that um, it's almost like you've got to kind of stifle the flow in order to fix what you have. Put put a cap on your pipe valve. 
and yeah, right. you know stop the stop stop some of the flow or at least slow some of the flow down apparently, drastically. Apparently, they thought Steam Direct might do that. You know, the thing they replaced Greenlight with, and it doesn't seem to have slowed down the flow of crap uh, into Steam itself. Well, I think there needs to be a more rigorous process as a developer to like be a partner with Valve. Um, I don't know what the process is currently, so I, I'm really kind of out of my element here. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I definitely think that there has got to be some other way of doing it. Like I know with GOG, they curate their games, which is why they're they're so slow to put out you know the swaths of games that like Valve does, for example. And I think that's a good process. I know it's it's tedious and time consuming, and there's days where I'm just like, why don't you have this on your storefront, GOG? Like, I want, you know, Star Trek, you know, Elite Force. Can we get Star Trek Elite Force two or something like that? Oh God, GOG. Right? You know, but you know, but they curate their stuff, which is you know what makes what makes it uh, you know nice on there. And I think like. Um, what the gentleman said in uh, the chat there, you know, blacklist filters would be nice. And better filtering options in general would oh God, be very right? nice. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree. Because, yeah, you have tags and filters, but the filters are, like, in the opposite direction, like AC Rate said, of what I want. Like, I'd like to turn – I'd like to remove – I don't want to go into each visual, individual game and say I'm not interested. You know, I'd like to be like, I never want to see a visual novel. Can we just turn that off? <laughs> well, you can do that. You can? You can. Yes. Yeah, you, know, you can on those, but... However, however, it, it's there is a page where you can filter out user tags. And that's But it will only filter them from uh, your discovery queue. So right. if you have visual novel as something that you don't want to see, then it won't put you into your into that discovery queue. But then there might be other things that are that have that tag, and those can still show up because but who uses they, discovery you have five though? tags of things that you that well they may have five tags of things that you like for example RPG and strategy that may show up in there. But then if the game is also happen to have visual novel elements, it may still show that to you anyway, just because you have other tags of things you've been interested in before. So as a developer. If you want to put a crappy game up there shoveling it, why don't you just put it in every category? Because you can't put it in every category. You can't. How many do you get? That filtering is by user tags. So it's based on what players. No, I know that. But I'm saying as a developer, I can say this is simulation, strategy, role playing, you know, whatever, right? I can just check all the boxes or does it only let you pick a few? Because uh, you can have you kind multi-genre. Have to, you can be multi-genre, but you have to kind of narrow it down a bit. If you go be, into the thing I'd with be Steam, interested that, to see how many they let you, because it's like it's a visual novel under simulation. What? Well, there is in the preferences on your account. You can. I just posted a picture in the Steam a stream chat there. You can uncheck stuff or check stuff that says like show early access tile, show purchase offer, uh, purchase offer. You know, you can also um, like I have right. unchecked. You know, well, I, for example, I don't want videos or movies. Like I, that's something that I think Valve needed to offer or needed for me, so I unchecked that crap. Um, but you know, violent and sexual content, like you know these these sexual like 
you know, anime novels that they put on there. Like that's just something I don't need to see in my life. And and I gotta say, AC Wraith brings up a good point. Every time I've used that discovery cube, it's every game it shows me is it's because it's popular, quote unquote. Like it could be like crap I would never play, I have no interest in, but it's popular. Thanks, Steam. <laughs> like it I think Steam is kind of doing a terrible job. I really they do are. think they are. And I, and I think this that presents an opportunity <clears throat> for somebody. Like there's <clears throat> there's that uh unfortunately not so great page called what's on steam.com and they scrape the the queue in Steam, right? Yeah. And they give you a list and unfortunately that list is 95% yeah. bullshit that you'd never want to see because that's what actually rolls into Steam. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what if you filtered it? Okay, and you just said, okay, I'm only going to show things that are decent. And if it's like, if it's negatively rated, you know, like uh, maybe like mixed isn't bad enough, but if it's like mostly negative, right? Because everybody downvoted that shit immediately when it hit the store, then we just don't show that. And, uh, but also no movies, no DLC. No, none of that. It's just here's the actual game releases that happen for games that are not shitty asset flips. And that would make a much more browsable list, right? Um, the the opportunities there for anybody that wants to build that website. I don't know if, if it's going to be us, but uh, I don't see a way to monetize it. So I don't have an incentive, but somebody should do it. Well, uh, going- Steam only if Steam only had an affiliate program similar to what Amazon does, and anybody bought shit through our site, then that would be great. See, now that's that's actually a really good point that I think uh, needs to be highlighted better by Steam is the curators page. Now, via for example, Space Game Junkie curator page, you can actually look at the store and and purchase what you've recommended. So it just shows a list of the games, for example, that you've recommended, Brian, via your curator um, stuff. That, I think, is a better thing that people need to be more aware of. So, like, if you're – I'm going to use you because you're probably one of the only ones out there that is really doing the space game genre. Yeah, is there a yeah. WordPress module that will scrape your curator? That, see, now that would be nice because – but the nice thing is, though, like, like you, go to, you go to your curator page. And I think that is like one of the better ways to find the content for space games is because it's only the games that you've reviewed and curated. And then you can go to the store. There's like a store feature in that. And it just shows the games that you've, um, that you've recommended. And that, if you want to get something that you're sure isn't crap, then here's my curator queue. Go there. You could link that right off the site. All right. Yeah, I just now, I wish that there was a way that you could actually just get the list in the site embedded, so you're not sending people to Steam. But you know, take what we can get, yeah. right? But the the problem is, Steam, Valve is putting too much power in the hands of the users. They're not taking any responsibility well, themselves. Well, I wanted to get to that Steam Direct yeah, thing we talked about for the load, not so much giving. Well, I wanted to get to that Steam Direct thing we talked about uh, earlier because I was curious because we, we talked about Greenlight and that kind of had a process. The process for uh, Steam Direct is a lot 
easier. Basically, you have to pay like $100. You have to fill out a form and and prove that you're you. Then upload your game. Steam tests it to make sure it works. And that's all they do. Right. And then and it goes live. It's 100 per game. And you have to help. Yeah. You have to sell 130 copies at 99 cents to break even, which you will do. Um, but that's who, who was it that actually had, they ran the numbers and it was one of the sites. It was like Polygon or, or, uh, somebody. And they ran the numbers and they were like, if your game is awesome, if your game is terrible, if your game is a shitty asset flip, you're probably going to, you're going to sell between 20 and 30,000, no matter what it is. I, I forget who, who did that, but it was just like, well, that's telling. My God. We'll see. See, here's something, Brian, that I think that we've drastically overlooked, and I think a lot of people have overlooked, again, is your curator's page. Because if you click on the link that I posted there for your curator page, it shows, like, your personal list on personal favorites, Fantastic Four Yeah, X's, they, they just... Dog. And then... Yeah, well, Sorry. I'm just saying, like, and then they added in, like, the special. So, like, of the games you reviewed, here's the ones that are on sale right now. That, I think, <clears throat> makes a big difference. Yeah, they uh, about a week ago they changed the admin page for curators so you could actually tweak this, and so you can add those blocks like the specials and the lists and whatnot. So they're making the curator page far more powerful, and yet there's still problems with it. Like uh, before, if you clicked on a review, you would be taken to like a little thing with that review where you can leave comments on that individual review. Which I kind of liked, you know, it kept things threaded. But now you click on the review, it takes you to the store page. Here's the curator comment. Click on this discussion link, which will take you somewhere else. It it's a little convoluted, so it's not perfect yet. Mm. <laughs> but they're getting there. They're get, this is definitely better than it was. <laughs> this is definitely better than it was. But it shouldn't be on curators to really, I guess, well. curate. But I guess that's well, the direction I mean, they're going. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that's actually kind of a good thing because you get you get the people who are more dedicated to this, like you or other review sites. That you know, if you want to talk about discoverability, you look for the specialty reviewers, like Space Game Junkie or Rogue Game Junkie or whatever. You're like, well, I'm looking for a space game. Well, if you want to look for a space game, go look at Space Game Junkie, like. And check out all of his whatever he said about X or whatever. <laughs> right. Oh, apparently. But, oh, apparently, under preferences in your profile, you're allowed to select three tags you don't want to see. Yeah, but those tags are user generated, and they're they're right. not they're not great. They're, they're not, not help. They're not helpful at all. They're really not. The thing is, <clears throat> does it does it filter out? Okay, so let's say there's a thing that's got two tags on it, and you only have restricted one of those tags you don't want to see. Does it still pop in your queue because the other tag is there? Because Potentially. So, yeah, so basically they, they can't overcome. Uh, it, it's worthless. <laughs> let's put it that way. It's just fucking worthless. Like, I wouldn't mind if they added more categories. Like, right now, everything's very, very general. Like, action simulation free to play you know yeah, simulation a, simulation is is so super stupid general stupid general um no add a add a category visual novels and then put these visual novels under visual novels 
you know, make a tree, make a better tree, and then let yeah. me say, let me uncheck that branch of the tree or that leaf on the tree. You know, let me do that so I never see these games. Yep. I would love something more granular like that than this. Well, if there was if there was a uh, place that was just like uh, like with us, right? The curator thing. But there's a curator that's basically just like a shit filter, right? It's just like, this isn't shit. Then, and it's also not a movie, not a DLC, not a whatever. Fine, right? Um, I, I really wish that Steam would actually tell me, like if I, if I have a game in my, in my list, they have like recent updated whatever, but they don't really say like, hey, there's new DLC for this game that you already own. Right. They're yeah. Missing, they're leaving money on the table because they really they're not are. letting me know. No. Um, yeah. And, and it's getting to the point where it's just like, there's so many freaking games out there. Uh, you just, nobody's keeping track. You can't. And stuff flies down that list. You know, it's like, I'll be like three, four pages deep in the steam stuff. And it's still on today's releases. Oh my God. Like, I know. Jesus, it's, please. That's stop. because guitar hero came out with 30 fucking packs or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so so is it is is it uh I missed the very beginning of the show. Is it the discoverability episode? Is that yes. where we are? Yes. Okay. So yeah, discoverability needs to happen not on Steam. Being on Steam is a sales platform. But, but that's a problem but it's because it's not a discovery platform it, anymore. It but, used to be but it used to be guaranteed money in the bank. I got my game on Steam. It showed up on the front page. I sold 30,000 copies the first day. Bang. Success, right? It ain't there anymore. So at this point, you need us, right? You need like independent media that has an audience. You need to go out to the YouTubers and find out who has an audience out there um, and engage those people so that we'll call them influencers, right? Because they talk to what, well, let's just go full marketing terms, right? So influencers will then sell your game to the money, which is the customer. And uh, that's how it goes. So I, I work in marketing better, and I freaking sweeten up. I work in marketing and I hate that word. I hate that word so much. Money. No, influencers. influencers. Oh my God, I hate it so. But you hate money too. Yeah. I told you a thousand ways you could make money doing it. I'm more of a fan of money than I am of the term influencers. <laughs> Such a horrible word. Uh, Someday they're going to make a movie about me starring Leonard DiCaprio or Leonardo. What? Yeah. What? Oh my God. And they're going to call it the Wolf of Steam. Oh, Jesus. See, I think, I think flat out. I think. I can, I think- more Joe Pesci than anything. <laughs> Joe Piscopo. What? I was thinking Joe Piscopo. Um, Let's just go straight to Al Franken. <laughs> Al Franken play me. <laughs> Jesus. Inappropriate uh, touching. Um, so no, I I think it's a problem if you if I I don't think people can just rely on Steam. I think I think they they want to. I think they'd love it if they could just go to Steam and find the games they want. You know, they don't want to have to deal with all these other sites. I think people aren't as – I think we're on the kind of extreme about how plugged in we are. I I think for the more average gamer, they don't read all the sites. They don't watch all the YouTubes. They don't, you know – Well, I mean, and, and sure, and, you know, they, they rely on their one particular 
yeah. our two particular favorite YouTubers who or Twitch streamers. And there, that discoverability is really hard because you don't have stuff like X-Play anymore or you don't, you know, IGN, you know, has tried to, but, you know, even, you know, these, these, these articles sometimes fall flat because people, people just want to watch a video, you know, they don't really want to, you know, or sometimes they want to read and all they get is a video and it's not a video that's very detailed or. Well, that's, that's the thing about appropriateness of content in whatever media it's in like what what do you want to read that you have to read it instead of i'm going to just watch a youtube video right because like a picture is worth a thousand words i watch you play something for five minutes i know whether i want that or not and then like well what's the print article what's the role of the print article anymore um i i think it a print article's role used to be let me describe the gameplay Right, because you can see screenshots, but you have I can't a screenshot can't show you what this game really is, and I don't think that's the point anymore. So I think uh, a print article needs to be analytical and talk about like the mechanics and the design decisions and whatever. Right. Ideally, and, uh, you should do I don't both. Know that anybody's serving that. Ideally, if you can, you should do both. Have a video, and then in the text article, talk about what you talked about in the video, because a lot of people can't watch videos for whatever reason. They either don't speak the language, or they're hearing impaired, or whatever. If you don't speak the language, then reading my article ain't going to do you any good either. No, but I mean, you can use a translator to translate the article much easier than, say, closed captioning on a YouTube video. You know, so... So you you kind of need I think you kind of need both. I think text still has a valid place. But yeah, video is Who knew? Who knew the video would be such a thing? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No. Um Hunter just sent me this uh this it's more shovel shit on Steam, right? Um but but it's this game and do you remember Honey Pop which was which was basically like a dating game where then you played Bejeweled to get women's clothes off. Well, imagine that, but now what? it's zombies. So it's what? like a zombie dating simulator. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, sorry. As we were looking at this stuff, I took it upon myself. I shouldn't have to do a little research and Jesus, there is so much more shovel stuff on here than we took for granted. <laughs> I got I got to say that this actually took development. There's art assets here that aren't, you know, this isn't like an asset flip. This somebody took effort. I got to say, honestly, oh, sorry. it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of fucking funny. I did want to give a shout out to a group. Man. Sorry. I did want to give a shout out to a group. I think it's a group called Sentinels of the Store. I think they're called. Yeah. Sentinels and they're the ones that like, shingle. yeah, they're the ones that say this is an asset flip of this unity thing. Don't buy this. Yeah. Those guys are, are great. Discord. I've never been on their Discord. I I can barely be on their Discord. I can barely handle being on our Discord. I can't I can't do any more. Well, you don't have to participate just to look, right? Because it's a rolling list of shit. Oh really? That's basically what they have a channel that's just like put this one on the list, put that one on the list. You know, oh, and it's man. everybody that's a member of it. You can That's kind of great. Everybody it's eyeballs on the store, right? And it's I just want- like here's some bullshit. Or somebody'll post something and it's like, I don't know if this is a flip or not, and then somebody there will know, right, or is familiar with the asset store because they're a developer, and then they'll just, like, whip up the asset link from the asset store and be like, there it is, and then, bang, it's on the list. Yeah, so they're they're very aggressive about it. They don't, um, 
they don't actually pursue any action and they don't invite steam to take any action or whatever. They just compile the list. They just tell public shaming steam. (laughs) They just tell shaming. They they know that steam looks at their list, but they don't, they don't like tell steam like, Hey, poke nudge, look at our list. It just happens. And if it, you know, I mean, that's, that's that deal where that one developer and it turned out that he had like 20 different sub developers under him, you know, just different names for his company. And, uh, that way he could shovel shit, you know, <laughs> like 20 at a time. And, and it, it just, it looked like 20 different companies. Right. So nobody would connect like, Oh, this one name is a bad publisher. Well, these guys connected the dots and they're like, no, this is all one guy. And then when, when steam looked at that and they were like, Oh, okay. Zap and popped him. And I, I wouldn't say it's like directly because of Sentinels, but it kind of is because they're the ones that made the spreadsheet. And then the spreadsheet just kind of sold the, uh, you know, that guy needs to die. Ugh. But you have to be that fucking bad before Steam, like, raises an eyebrow. Yeah. Although I did see they, t- they took some game off that was, like, child porn the other day. Oh, like, good. Oh, thank God. Oh, good. That, yeah. that stuff has no place. Um, so it's interesting. I asked um, on uh, the Indie, I think it's Indie Games channel on Reddit, uh, if people are having what what issues developers had with discoverability, and I got some interesting answers. Like one developer said, "Make sure there are enough people in the USA who know about your game, because they're a European developer." And oh, and also Chinese localization, for God's sake, Chinese localization. Have you seen the? Have you noticed the trend? We talked about this the other day. I don't think you were around. But the trend in the store of of like all these games are getting Chinese localized updates. That's why it's, Windows it's like that's why bang, Windows bang, Seven. Bang. That's why Windows Seven is like the biggest operating system on Steam because it's all from China. Apparently, it's like all these. That's all these. Um, yeah, Do- just, Dota players and shit. I don't know what happened. Like somebody wrote an article on Gamma Sutra or something, or what? But it was like. I don't know. It was a few months ago, and I noticed um, there was like a trickle of Chinese game names coming up in Steam, where it'll actually be the Chinese name first, and then in parentheses the English name, which is like you know Chinese uh, Paladin story and whatever you know it's it's that kind of stuff. But um, like even Okami that just came out, I think it's got the Chinese name first, and I was like, what? Yeah, it's in Japanese. Or it's yeah. Japanese? Okay. I figured, uh, yeah, because it, it was just like, well, is it the Japanese? Because it's a Japanese game, or is that Chinese? I just remembered it was like some non-English character set that was in front of it. So, But anyways, um, yeah, it's that. But if you look down the Steam list, like, look at how many of them actually have Chinese in the title of the game now. It's yeah, a lot. I've noticed there are a lot more, like, um, Japanese and Chinese they, games. I think they doubled their market size, basically. Yeah. Um, there are a lot the of, first time that I even sorry. thought about China having that is whenever uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds they were talking about all the hacking issues that they had because they opened up servers in China because you can do real money transaction shit right like I play the game I get loot boxes for playing and then the items that pop out of the loot boxes I can actually sell for real cash on an auction um, and it's also the deal of like the these games that are asset flip things that then 
are the games are actually created to be a asset flipper for uh for the trading cards right so it's like i make a game and then i buy it myself by like a thousand and then i just leave computers running or you know the like that game is signed in because over time it will kick out the 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 collector cards now they and changed the rules on turn that. around they changed oh, did they okay. so so basically what that team did like, like chinese gold farming there was chinese card farming and it was like wow what so okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Steam changed the rules on that a few months back, which is basically that in order for a game to actually have cards drop in the first place, it has to have a certain uh, uh, trustworthy score, something to that effect. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the name, but the whole point of it is that you uh, something along the lines of you have to have X number of people bought it and played for an average amount of time Mm. before cards will actually begin to drop. But anyone who's already played enough time at that point would have the cards drop automatically. So sometimes you'll have a game that doesn't have cards in it yet. And so so enough people have to like the game for long enough and then it backfills all the cards. uh, Yeah. 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 So if they've, so sometimes you'll have a game that you've played for, you know, 10, 15 hours, but there are no cards dropping. And suddenly the next time you play it, four cards drop. Oh, okay. That's good. Uh, You know, you know what I wish about cards is I wish it wasn't such a bitch to sell those things. Cause I'll get like a nickel, a card. Right. And, and it's like, well, I don't mind having another, like five dollars in there. I don't even bother selling them anymore. I just, I actually use these tools. Oh, I should go look, and then I, you know, ah, oh, shit, it's cards again. And yeah, I just, I wish that I could either just put them up for mass sale, right? Just, just be like, yeah, it's me, it's legit. I two-factor identified off my phone. Seriously, this is me. Flush all my cards into the market for the whatever the going price is. Just do it. Right. Or how about this? It's only like going to be like five bucks anyway. Just destroy that shit. And I, and I want to check a box that just says, turn off the fucking cards. I never want a card again. Send them to somebody else, you know, whatever. Well, you can actually destroy cards. Yeah, but you have to do it one at a time. That's true. Turn them into those little gem things. And I don't know what you would do with those. I have no idea what the point of those is. But yeah, so so it's much like putting them up for sale, where it's it's like being in the the auction house in Final Fantasy, where it's like, all right, well, I have to look and see what it sells for, and then I have to come back to the page and click on the card, and then click that I want to sell it, and then I have to type in the price, and then I have to agree to the to the EULA thing, and then I have to hit OK, and then it puts it up. All right, well, that's one four hundred ninety nine to go. Oh no, I ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm sure that there's automated shit out there that does this. I don't even bother selling them anymore. I basically find a way to buy the cards to fill up, fill up, fill up the whole pack so I get the experience so I can level up so I can have more friends on my friends list. Because it's full. Because Steam is stupid. <laughs> yeah, every now and then I just delete my whole friends list. And then if people... <sighs> want to be friends then they're like how come how come you dropped me off the thing oh okay i'll add you back and that's that's how i like shake out the chafe this it's just like destroy everyone and then anybody that wants you know because if you love someone set them free delete their account or whatever it was on a greeting card i saw one time 
Right. So, yeah, I asked on Reddit um, for some developer responses to, like, how they're dealing with um, with discoverability. And uh, they said I've, – had, I've had people tell me they email around 10,000 people, influencers, YouTubers, websites, podcasts, you name it. And they get a trickle of a response. What well, yeah, you, because what are you supposed guys, to do with that? Well, look at the volume of bullshit hitting Steam every day. How much effort does it take you to make an hour-long video? And, you know, so you're going to do, like, the stuff that pops out of that at you, right? But uh, I, I would say perfect example of this is Trippa, TR1PPA on YouTube. If you... He's got his Steam profile private right now, but I ran the Steam, like Steam, how much is my account calculator thing whenever it was open. And he's got like $100,000 of games sitting in his account. And, uh, and it's like, and he doesn't have one of those press accounts like, like the quarter to three guys do where they just own everything. No, no, he's actually got it. You know, like he's he's in the pipeline. They're sending him keys or whatever. I don't think he's spending that much. Um, but it's he does let's play stuff with no commentary for these games, and a lot of them have been the Chinese ones. Um, and he's over in Australia, but he'll he'll just do like you know two three hours of a game, upload it, and uh, and I've talked to him. He he's not really making any money on YouTube doing it. He just does it because passion to do it right so but, but how, anyway yeah how but do you get your game in front of that guy yeah. well yeah that's the thing right is like you have to reach out to the youtubers individually the best way to do it is to comment on one of his videos or you can like click on his name and actually send a direct message or whatever but a lot of the people that are youtubers that are like very you know sizable audience they they don't read that shit you know they don't have no. time to, to interact with it and and if they're smart they just turn comments off it it, it also it also does, it also yeah. doesn't help that youtube's interface to read comments and messages is terrible yeah. it is yeah. utter, it is utterly it it is utterly awful it is it is utterly awful but it just it really kind of breaks my heart to read these stories from developers who like they work hard on these games and like it just gets harder and harder for them to be found. Like we can only do so much. We're one genre. I mean, <laughs> what do you guys think a developer should do besides leave comments for popular YouTubers, which probably annoys yeah, them? By the way, in the, <laughs> in the chat, cause I've got uh, one of my friends telling me that like Brian, you're like way higher than us or something. I don't. I don't know. You you might want to bring us up or what? something. Yeah, it's like people saying that uh, that they could hear you, but they can barely hear me. So I don't know if it's the mix. Oh. They, if they adjust the volume to where you're at, then we fall out the bottom if we're not even. I wish that they're working was- on it. You were turned way down for some reason. Probably you were louder before. It would just level everybody in an audio stream in real time. That would, that would be nice. Like, please, somebody make that thing. 
Uh, Jim was cutting out there. I think we may need to switch servers. All right. Here we go. Hang on. We're in the south. Let's see. Let's change to the... the ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're not connecting. Oh, boy. Hang on. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Why do we do this live again? <laughs> Have we learned nothing? All right. Uh, I turned everybody else up a bit. Everyone was very low. I'm wondering if it's because they were you all were louder before. Because I haven't changed my settings. Let me know if that's better, folks. I apologize. Uh, it sounded fine on, on my end here, but uh, it's a little quiet for y'all. Sorry about that. Uh, you're sounding a little robotic to me, Bran. Oh, man. Change servers again. Hang on. All right. How's that? We're on the East Coast server now. Much better, actually. What the what? Okay, sure. My, my buddy Mike is like, we're launching a satellite now. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, and it's hilarious because back in 1999, I took a call from somebody when I was at like internet help desk at the dial-up place. And then my boss uh, like made an audio meme out of it where he's, he's stuck like, uh, you know, it was, it was some lady that had left a voicemail on the thing. And it's, it's like, yeah, and my internet's terrible. And you guys, and uh, then Ken put on the thing. It's like, all right, ma'am, our team is launching a satellite now. And then it cuts to like mission control, like three, two main stage on one, you know, <laughs> it's like the moonshot audio and shit. But anyway, for hit for him to like throw me that in chat, how many years later? Wow. That's a long time ago. The beauty of the internet is that the internet never forgets, which is no, why apparently I, my friends never forget either. Holy which, shit. I'm going to say, it's just why I'm glad I grew up before Facebook. <laughs> How glad are you guys that our youth is not, Aren't we all <laughs> is not on social media. I'm so, well, and the, and the so problem glad is the youth of today, right? Not only, Okay, not only are they not aware of a world where it's not, right? They also don't get it that it doesn't go away. And they don't have the hindsight perspective of like 20 years down the road, it will matter. Oh, yeah. It will matter. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, you know, because it's like if the bullshit that I did was on record and then the job that I have now, I would not have. <laughs> So it's just like, yeah, just uh, my nineties hair, just my nineties hair. I'm so glad no one can see that. Cause I kind of had a mullet for a while. <laughs> it was terrible. Yep. And it was, oh, just, I can imagine you with just, a mullet and a just, just split ends. Just, no, I didn't have a merce. I actually would like, I actually wore an Australian cowboy hat for years with the mullet. It was that a mullet. It was, this is a mullet. It was really terrible. Did it have like crocodile teeth in your cowboy hat? No, but it had the snap on the side so you could put it up. You could flip it up oh, yes. on the one side. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, boonie hat. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, and uh, I'm glad no pictures of that are digital, and they never will be. <laughs> yeah, and this is so, the problem with discoverability right here. Is- <laughs> well, you know, but but here but here's the thing, right? So all that shit is permanent record, and yeah. you shouldn't put your stuff up. Except if you remember your high school years, the whole mindset of that is that life is a popularity contest, right? So it's like all these kids oh, in yeah. the digital thing competing for relevancy in their in their little peer groups. And they don't think about like the greater world around because kids don't don't envision, you know, that far out. It's like, yeah, I know people in China or whatever, but I know it's a place that exists, but it doesn't feel relevant to me, right? until like 30 years down the road. And then it's like, holy shit, this is all relevant because you realize what the ubiquity of that network really is. Right. But as, as a teenager, it's, it's just like, well, you know, am I going to get a date Saturday night or what? Well, I'm unpopular because I'm not competitive on Instagram or whatever the thing of the moment is. Right. So there's great encouragement to put all your shit up there because it's competitive. And and it's like part of fitting in and being recognized and whatever and the peer pressure stuff. So I look at that as a as a very negative thing that it's like the the society of uh like high school society, right? Um that that weird Lord of the Flies shit uh actually like pushes people with great incentive into doing exactly the thing they do. And the beauty of it is when we were kids, all that high school shit stopped the moment you stepped out the door from high school. And now it's perpetual forever because the internet will never forget everything you said and did in high school. And we all know how retarded we were. So there you go. Anyway, so um, let's talk about what we do for a discovery. What do we? Like, how do we find... Like, Jim, I'll start with you. How do you find the games... That you're interested in? Um, generally, I will go to that terrible Steam list and scan down it real fast. And yeah. I do it every day so that yeah. I don't have to, you know. But the other thing that I do is more than the what released today list is I look at the upcoming stuff. You got to look at the upcoming list. You got to look at the upcoming list. Because you know what? The bullshit doesn't get on the upcoming list. Have you noticed? It, like all the asset flips and jank, it doesn't really? show up in the upcoming There's a reason why they yeah. don't. It's because they get released directly. Oh, okay. What does that mean? So, it's so just, they, they so just, just so, up that day? So, straight to the front page. Right. So, that, so basically what it is is that uh, when you've got your store page, okay, you can work on your store page. You don't have to publish it immediately. You have to you have to set up all the the pictures that are required. The, if there's video that's required, that that goes up there too. Uh, set your prices and all of that. And for a lot of games that have planned releases, that's exactly what they'll do. That's how they show up on the upcoming list because they'll have a publishing date of of expected, say, early 2018 or January. You know, January fifteenth, twenty eighteen, that sort of thing. With asset flips, they just finish the page. They get permission from Valve to publish because they get the okay, and then they publish right away. 
that's why they never show up on the upcoming list is because they're not upcoming. It goes from getting the page finished to getting approval to publishing. Oh my God. Really? Pretty much. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of awful. <laughs> well, anyone can tactically do it. If you've got, if you've got a game in progress, you, once you're, once you get permission to publish your page, you can publish right away. Or if you're smarter about it and you have you want to actually build up some some word of mouth first, then you might do a, a closed beta where people can access it. The store page is active on Steam, but the game isn't available. Um, and this is what we did with Deep Rock Galactic, for example. We got in their closed alpha. So right. we were playing. The game wasn't published. It's it's not available for anyone else, but we could still say leave a review if we wanted to leave a review. And then once the store page goes live, then all those things actually end up going live. Oh jeez. I mean, I guess it's yeah. good for beta testing. That sounds great for beta testing, but for coming in under the radar, that that sounds well. But that's the trick, right? They want to be under the radar. Because you want to be on that that page, and people that click it buy it, and you don't want to like be discoverable by people that will make trouble for you before you know. Because it's like even if you get booted off Steam, the sales you got sales in your pocket, right? So, and those games, they you know, it, it's like nobody buys that shit. That's you know, because they have the same discoverability as everybody else, right? It's just like let me throw let me throw flappy birds against the wall as fast as I can and see if any of them stick. All right. And, but honestly, if, if I'm going to sell 20,000 copies of a game that I worked for two years to make, or I'm going to sell 20,000 copies of something that I made over the weekend, you know, where's the incentive for me? Right. So it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but anyway, um, so what I do is I look at the upcoming list and I see like what looks interesting that is actually on the upcoming list because it's legit things. And even if they don't have a date, right. And then I wish list that shit and I circle back. And because if you wish list it and follow yeah. it, then you can go to the news thing and you'll see all the updates about all. How, the yep. How big is your wish list right now? Uh, 50 things. I think that's it. Yeah. I prune it. You know, it's, that's it's just like, and once things are out, I decide am I buying it or not, you know. And and if not, then it's still watched, but it's not on the wish list kind of thing. Because then it's like, let's I'm waiting for a sale. I'm whatever, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think it's Teflon in the chat set up. Yeah, an Excel spreadsheet of upcoming games. That is a lot of work. <laughs> We need GoneGold.com back again, please. Though I never went to GoneGold. What, ha- what, what was? What uh, was- yeah, that w- that was the deal. It was it was like Steam's upcoming thing. It was like the basically his online calendar of every game release he knew about. And if you were a game publisher, you would make sure that he knew when you were releasing. Could you do that today, though? With like, I don't think so. Because it would be impossible. Yeah. I don't yeah, think it's yeah. pushed back so much 
right? It's it's like, oh, we're going to really... Well, like, whenever you look at the new released stuff, and then you see all those games that actually don't have price tags next to them, and it's like, oh, this released on the 10th, today's the 12th, it still doesn't have a price tag. Why not? Because they didn't hit the button, or yeah, maybe it's, it wasn't it, really It is literally up to the, uh, the developer to push the button and make it live, because if not, it doesn't happen. It's not an automatic process. Yeah. And sometimes you want to wait until it's a slow day, right? <laughs> I wonder is, okay, so let's get into the strategy of this. Somebody has, has I'm sure done it, but I, I would love to see this data. Um, when the shovelware gets pushed up to steam and actually goes live and hits that list on the front page, um, I wonder if there's like a particular time span of the day that we could say like from 4 a.m. until whatever. Well, I don't think I think you have to be in valve time, right? So you can't do it uh, other than like nine to five Pacific time. Is that, is that- uh, most most new releases hit? Uh, they they normally have it scheduled to go when valve does their their day rollover at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay, so that's usually what happens. So usually, because uh, the store page updates at that point for any any previous sales, weekend sales end if it's a Monday, and then the the new uh, weekly sale goes up, and that's ten a.m. Pacific time. Okay, so let's let's figure uh, you wait past that, right? So you figure uh, people that are Eastern time are going to get off work at five, you know, four to five. So you would want to push your release about four or 5 PM Eastern because all the bullshit spam stuff has already happened. And that means you're going to be top of the front page when those people get home. Maybe. Well, I would say not so much because the front page, I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it now, but, when we released Quintet, we were on the front page too. And we were on there for about a week. That's normally what happens if you, well, at least at the time when we released Quintet, you'd be on the front page for a week and then you'd get sort of moved down. You know, you'd still be in new releases, assuming there wasn't the deluge that we have these days. Yeah, but, I wonder I wonder how they curate the front page because it's it's like new popular things. So does yeah, that mean it's, that this it's is changed something that somebody's wishlisted? You know, there's community interest in it or something? Because that seems like some automated, I don't know how it works, way of trying to keep the bullshit off the very front of the store. Honestly, I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it now. That that process yeah. is is um, voodoo to me right. at this but, point. But if you want to see really what came out today, then you go down. Because if you scroll to the bottom and you say, uh, more popular releases, then you're just going to see like yesterday's list as well. So it, as long as it has the word popular in it, it's filtered out. So you might not really be seeing everything. So you have to, you have to hit the like more releases, which is actually at the top, right? So if you hit popular releases and then there's like more releases next to it, but I, I think you have to click at least once on more popular to actually see that even show up because it's taken up by other buttons. But anyway, it's a pain in the ass and it sucks. Yeah, so they've made it Valve. they've made it harder to go through the new releases on yes. Steam. But itself if you now. but if you release 
basically you wait until the shit storms over and then you release in the, in the lull afterwards, whatever list it is that people end up, you should be toward the top of, I would think. So that's to your advantage. Uh, you, you at least buy yourself 12 hours of, of being near the top of the front page or of the first page of show me everything. Oh. Um, yeah. I also yeah. wish that I could set default things like whenever you do the filters on steam, you know, th- this would be the thing. What if they just let the user set up their steam page the way they want it? Right. And it would remember because it is a client. It's not a freaking web page on my machine. So I could set like, you know, here's, here's the check boxes for things that I want to see. And the check boxes of things that I don't want to see. And then I hit save and that's my default search stuff every time because I don't want to have to go through the dance of, all right, more new releases, you know, the popular one, and then okay, show all releases. And then I have to filter out movies and DLC and whatever. And it's just like, okay, so I got it the way I want it hit save. And then whenever I come back, this is the front page of my store every time that would be beautiful, but they'll never do it because it's to steam's advantage to, to give me as many different things that I might impulse buy as possible. Right. Because even, even if they sell a dog turd on there for 50 cents, they get 30%. And I'm I'm sure steam loves gamers like you and me that are interested in just about everything. Right, mm. right. Because I mean, those of us who have you know well over, you know, Jesus, yeah. yes, that backlog is never getting finished. No, no, finished? no. That 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 <laughs> backlog, I'll, I'll be dead long before that's finished. Who, who finishes games anymore? I don't know. That's not silly. I try, I try to. Really? Why? Sure. There's so many things to play. I'm sorry. Now, here's the weird thing, though. You know, that's, that's an interesting point is is that, um, is you know, I guess that, that quick turnaround, you know, we're talking about some people who stick to games for long periods of time, and then there's people who only play games for short periods of time and then move on to something else. And so people who try to longevity their games end up failing because the next best thing came out and they, you know, people lose interest. So it's kind of like the, what's the popular game of the week, you know, or the month this time, you know, um, I think of like call of duty used to be like the big thing, but like, even now, like you, you were having a call of duty out every year. And so the previous one kind of just became not relevant anymore. Well, something similar happened to us when Quintet released. Uh, we, we released, and we had plenty of people playing at the time. I mean, we did make it free to play anyway. But the next time the Steam sale rolled around, we went from having 70 people on during the day to a dozen. And then it only dropped from there. And it's not because we were doing anything differently. It's just because the Steam sale hit and everybody's playing something else at that point. How do you fix that? You don't fix that. You can't fix that. You can keep on developing, but there, there comes to be a point, especially as an indie dev, when, when you have to say, well, it's not cost effective to keep adding more content. If there's nobody to actually play it. It's not if you build it, they will come. It's you can build it and hope more people will stay. 
Yeah, I guess that's a thing. Like, I think a lot of games become the ones that have longevity, at least through Steam Workshop and and whatnot. Like, if you stick around long enough, you does that give you an extra layer of being discovered through like word of mouth, through mods, through like that sort of thing? Well, it also keeps yeah. the discussion. Like, if you if yeah. it's like, should I buy this game? I don't know. Let me click on discussion. This game is dead. Zero players. Do not buy. I do that all right. the time. I I do that all the time. Like even if it's a single player game, like if it, the night and I don't know if y'all have used Enhanced Steam by the way, but y'all need to use Enhanced Steam for one reason in particular. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, I mean, it it adds so many great things to Steam. But what what I'm about to mention is like one of my favorite things. It will um, show you how long it's been since a game was updated if you go to the Steam page for that game. And so you can go to a game, and it'll be like 18 days. And you're like, oh, wow, this is, yeah. this is abandoned. <laughs> if, it says, if it says early access and it's been more than 90 days since a dev update. Also, also to note about, the, uh, about that, though, the enhanced Steam is a browser plugin. It's not actually for the um, Steam app itself, right? So honestly, it's better to do your shopping in a web browser. With oh yeah, the, don't use the Steam app. Cool widgets on. Don't use the, the Steam, Steam app. Cloud. Yeah, you use the browser because stuff like enhanced Steam, it'll tell you the lowest price historically for that game. It'll it'll. Yep. It'll tell you how many people are playing it right now. So if it's a multiplayer it, game, and it's like, does it also oh, tap into like, uh, is there any deal? And tells you like, where, yeah. where can I buy this cheap right exactly. now? Exactly. Oh, yeah. and it also but, like, if it's in a bundle right then, it'll like pop that on the page and like, hey, this is in this bundle. You know. The other thing is like, uh, what I look at. It's amazing, most, especially if I'm buying a multiplayer thing, is like. How many people are playing it right now? Yes. How many? Oh my god! Have, have ever played it? So useful. You know, like what? What's the historical high number of players? Seven hundred. Yeah. Really? It's an MMO. Uh, how many people are playing right now? Twenty three. Eject. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, all right. It went from seven hundred players down. You know, seven hundred simultaneous players down to twenty three. And it's a primarily multiplayer game that is, is an MMO. Or that has no like. bots or anything. Just forget yeah. it. And and it's like, ooh. Like go wow. to the go to the go to the page with enhanced steam. Go to God Factory Wingman. Just to laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's why God yeah. gave me two eyes so one can cry tears of joy and one can cry tears. But of it's joy. also great when you like look at a game like Unreal Tournament and you're seeing like wow, 60 people are playing an eight, a a 19-year-old game right now. That and just on Steam. Yeah, and that's that's pretty wild actually when you see some games that are old and people are playing the hell out of it, right? It's like System Shock 2, 200 people playing it right now and it's like really? You know, that's like, amazing. On a Tuesday night. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, that is awesome. Yeah. So, folks, if you're not using Enhanced Steam, go get it right now. It works with just about every browser. I think it even – oh, my God. It even works with Opera, you guys. Oh, my God. It the works cool with thing is, too, Opera. is if Brian if Brian's streaming, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's 
Yeah, enhanced Steam adds so much to the Steam experience. It actually makes discoverability and buying games a bit a lot easier because uh, of the sales widgets and things like that. It just it helps so much. Like it can easily sort your wish list by review score or like discount amount, for example, and and it's it's just incredible. Um, another handy tool. You guys, what's it called? SteamDB, I think it is. SteamDB.com. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, that's like how many people, that's charts of sales, basically. Yeah, it's SteamDB.info slash sales. Hang on. Yeah, and then there's Steam Stats, which is the how many people are playing. And it gives graphs of that. The amazing thing about... Which is a nice thing. I was going to say, the amazing thing about SteamDB.info is once you log in, you could like have it show only the pay- games on your wish list. Sort these games by price, and I only want games with a score above 60. You know? So only mixed or higher. That uh, is super yeah, nice. That, that's a thing, man. It, it's like, just eliminate all those red things off oh, the God, right? list. Yeah. Except then you get review bombing, right? Where it's like, and the, the Chinese did this. This was one of the things that actually led to a lot of developers becoming aggressive about putting in Chinese language support is because the Chinese customers started review bombing things into the negative if they didn't have Chinese on it. And you know, there's a lot of Chinese people. And whenever that kind of downvote hits you, it's noticeable, right? You take a game that was like overwhelmingly positive and then it becomes mostly negative overnight. And that's very bad for your sales. So, yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why mm. Steam actually tracks from recent reviews rather than the overall and, and right. separate those two out. Yeah, yeah, but I look at that as like recent reviews. It's like overall mostly positive, Re- recent l- reviews mostly negative. And then I start hunting for why, you know, it's like, let me look at the, yeah. I mean, they, they give the, you the, the, the ability to sort through and sort, yeah. See those comments and see as a snapshot of why this is getting the reviews that it's getting. Yeah, I do actually kind of like that. I, that's one of the changes they've made recently that I actually really enjoy. Cause like there was a game I bought a little while back. Like I, I can't remember which one now. But it was like overall is mixed, but recently is overwhelmingly positive. It's because they patched like a bunch of crap and added some content. I was like, "Wow, that's great! I'm buying this just to support that kind of behavior." <laughs> you know, and and I guess if you get, I guess another thing um, I wanted to say about discoverability is if you want your game to be discovered, developers update it often because that shows up on Steam. Like, was I think it was you that brought it up earlier, Jim? With the there's that thing on the front page that says recently updated games, right? Like some of the most obscure and I, and stuff I look shows at that every time, every day. You have to. I don't know about you guys, but I go into Steam every day and look at the download list to see what games have been updated. It's kind of like Christmas for me. Like, ooh, what did that game get? <laughs> every day. So developers. Pro tip, if you want to get your game noticed, update it a lot. <laughs> Be active with it. Yeah, yeah, because you actually will show up on the front page yeah. if you have been updated. Yeah, yeah, that is so useful. 
Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, especially so if the person has it on their wish list. Because if they have it on their wish list, they haven't bought it yet, but they see that it's been recently updated, hey, more likely to buy. You know, really we should take all of our of our wisdom and crowdsource as much wisdom out of game developers as we can about like how to not suck at Steam and then package that in like a five dollar ebook and and we can fund <sighs> that that's yeah, that's that's the thing. Like a lot, I I love game developers. Don't get me wrong, I love y'all, but y'all aren't the best at marketing. And <laughs> right, so we need to and, we need to compile all of our wisdom. But they don't have the do a document and then <sighs> they buy that from us. But that is kind of what this show is about. As it well. is right, but we need the digest because it's like you can listen to five hundred episodes of this, or you could buy our. By our manual, <laughs> it's it's much like the Star Citizen manual. Oh God! It costs you ten dollars. I can't believe that. I can't I believe can't that either. It's actually. I, just, I I could believe that they would sell a printed manual. Yes, but I can't but this believe is that the, the digital downloaded manual. PDF is ten fucking dollars. Oh my God! Holy <laughs> shit! So yeah, that's all I got on that. Um. Is that is that something that was just announced, or what? Or did we just discover? It? I think we might have just discovered it. Yeah. Mm. Get Derek on the phone, or not? Or yeah. <laughs> if we ever have a Star Citizen post mortem show, which uh, <laughs> well, it has to get done before you can have a post mortem, right? Yeah. Well, well, it or, has to be finished. Or not finished is the word. Yeah, finished. That's, that's a better finished. word for it. Yeah, finished. One way or another, it has to be done. Like done. <laughs> I like how uh, Sanity Bane over on YouTube is giving tips like network, make a channel, do tutorials, join forums, add links to your game, saturate the market with backlinks. Do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. Do no. So okay, so from an SEO perspective, uh-huh. what can somebody do to create an internet funnel um, that then directs people to their Steam page? Well, um, ha- you should create a site that don't create something like with Wix or something because those sites are terrible. Make at least like a WordPress-based site. Have like developer blog entries that you update re- relatively often. Have have a fairly updated Twitter with even just a picture of you working on the game with your dog or something, you know, like something yes. anecdotal, hu- humanizing stuff that makes you not just some nameless developer, you know, and and have that on your site. Also, um, you know, link to Steam, but also maybe put your game somewhere else, like itch.io, you know. That that get and and people can also like get a Steam key if they buy your game on itch.io. You know, which I love yeah, so here, itch.io. So here's um, one from me. Mm-hmm. How many times have I have I been on Steam and I'm like, oh, well, here's this game. I have no idea what it is. Let me go to YouTube and see. Oh, there's no videos on YouTube. Or maybe there's like two or three YouTubers that have played it, but they suck. You know, it's like people that are terrible and unlistenable. Guilty. And I can't do it. Right? So... 
it's it's the thing of like, hey, developer, where is your official channel for your game? And you should be popping videos yeah, up there. I was gonna say that. Uh, like yeah, at least at least weekly, once a month. At least weekly. Like get a get a Twitch account. Yeah, maybe stream weekly. Yeah, if you five minutes of gameplay to Twitch. Hit export yeah. to YouTube. You're done. Does, doesn't right? Twitch now you, have a developer just, section where like people develop games streaming like yeah. with the co- yeah yep. do that. Oh, you yeah. should I mean, be doing that's that. Cool if you want to do that, but uh, like the guy that did Dungeon Man's, I used to hang out in his room and chat with him while he was working on Dungeon Man's. It was awesome. Um, but it's it's a thing of like you don't even have to be interactive like that or or show people your development environment or whatever. It's just like just play the game for five minutes and throw that shit up on YouTube. Right. And then if, if I go to your YouTube channel, because honestly I look, I put the word official in. So let's say I wanted to look for star citizen, right? So I'll put in star citizen official and YouTube will show me the top channel is going to be star citizens, actual account. And then I click that. Oh, there's two videos here and they're a year old. Well, fuck that game. Right. So don't be that guy. Right. Just export a video. Just just at, at minimum one a month. But I would say a, a couple a week. Right. Um, it's like the uh, the guys, the Inove studios that are doing. Uh, shit, I can't think of the name of that game. Infinity Battlescape. Really awesome. Yeah. Infinity, Infinity Battlescape. Yeah, right? they do. It was like regular. Well, updates, it was. Yeah. It, well, it was dead for a long time. And then they started doing updates on the yeah. regular. Yeah. And interest has picked back up on that. So and and also, sorry, if don't, you, don't rely on the YouTubers no. out to do the job for you. But also, your video creator number one. But also, if you're going to do updates like that, what a lot of people do, especially if they've had a Kickstarter, is they put it in multiple places. Like they put it on their Kickstarter, they put it on their website. You know, put it on multiple places because people need a variety of methods to follow you, whether it's YouTube, whether it's an RSS feed, whether it's your blog, whether it's Kickstarter updates, whether it's new. I get so much news just from the updates on Steam, you know, cause when you follow a game, you know, yep. like well, another thing is Twitter because yeah, it, it, it's like, Hey, there's a game. Oh, I don't know anything about it. Well, let's go on Twitter and see if anybody said anything. Hey, there's the developer, right? Can I engage with this guy? I want to ask him something. And, and I do, and man, I, I've like everybody that I follow on Twitter right now, cause I, I put a new account together is it started out as like 10 people. Right. And then what happens is developers talk to developers. Right. So it was like, I started following Travis Baldry because rebel galaxy. Right. Mm. And, uh, and I want to see anything that happens about that, not privateer thing. That's, you know, and Oh my god, that that Star Wars clip that they showed just blew my mind. I was yeah. like, I need that now. I need it right now. Yeah. And, <laughs> Disney's fools. Um but yeah. So and that's that's why that's why guys you should put freaking mod support in and then we could have had it. Yeah, no we need we need we need more of that, please. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so yeah. just word out to you, Trav. Uh, not oh, he's, privateer. He's, he's working on support. it. He's working on it. Don't you worry. Yeah, because it's, it's going to be not damn Star Wars. About five minutes after I get a hold of it. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the I think the the deal though is like you're on Twitter and 
I'm like watching Trav's timeline and then he'll talk to somebody who's also a developer. Or he'll retweet something from some other developer. And now I'm aware of another game. Right. So I'll go there. I'll follow that guy. And then he'll have a conversation yeah. with somebody. And that yeah. guy, you know, he'll retweet a screenshot of somebody else's game. You know, seriously, if you're on Twitter and you have some followers and you want to help promote your buddies, just retweet screenshots of their games. And if you want your screen, if you want your screenshot or video retweeted, that means it has to exist. So you should upload screenshots every week to somewhere. Yeah, they have a screenshot right. Saturday on Twitter, I think it is, yes. right? Oh god, participate, please. Yeah. Because so so many games have I found out existed and I... they were stuck in the like in the lower dungeon depths of itch.io or what what's that place that went out of business that other Desura. Desura. Yeah, Desura. Yeah. Like I never had been to Desura and and it's like that's how we found out about uh about Pixel Frazzer, right? It was like somebody tweeted a screenshot and it's like Damn, that looks like asteroids or something. What is that? And then, oh, it's Pixel Frazzer at Desura. So then I became aware that even Desura existed because somebody tweeted a damn screenshot on Twitter. So do it. And I can't and I can't tweet the screenshot if you didn't take it and upload it. So you're you're content provider number one. Don't rely on all the other knuckleheads like us out here to do that. Because some yeah. of us are not good at it. Yeah, you know, I would um, – yeah, I was well, going to ask if let, Reddit does it as well, Fidri. But um, – oh let, let, let me finish that sentence. Go ahead. I, I, okay, so where I say like we're not necessarily good at it, um, one thing is you're making the game, right? If I'm playing it, I'm going to fumble around. I'm not real sure what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out. Right. Maybe maybe the UI isn't making sense to me. Maybe it makes sense to 99 percent of people in the universe, but I just don't get it. But I'm the one that made the video and then people watch me struggle and then your game looks like it's got warts on it. On the other hand, you're the guy making the game. You know what to showcase and you know what to not really show. Right. So why don't you make the promotional video for your own shit and then you can actually make it shinier than it really is even and and that's gonna maybe move some copies or uh at least get some community interest going right because it's like show show it what you intend it to be not maybe as what it is right now but you know i mean don't fake it with cg or anything but but it, you know accentuate the positive let's put it that way uh which i won't do because i'll show all the warts because that's what I want to do. I, I want to not let warts get past me unseen. Because that's my job is to reveal that. So uh, you do it. And 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 also, I think a lot of people would understand if your game took a little longer to make because you were showing us how the sausage was made. I don't think people would mind if your game took a little longer to make because you were posting videos, because you were posting blog entries, because you were posting pictures. Yes, you're uploading shots of your sausage <clears throat> to Instagram. But and, and stop it. But wait. But uh, no. But um, oh, that came out wrong. Yes. But um, but yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot. Of, I mean, I don't envy game developers. I really don't. They're it's uh, it's kind of a thankless. I hate. <laughs> it's kind of a thankless job. 
you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. You really so are. If you listen, if you listen to the players and give them exactly what they want, there are people who are going to complain because you change things. If you if you don't change things, you just keep on going with with what your gut instinct is going to be what, as what, what you want. Go ahead. What are you saying? I was going to say, what was that fake E3 thing about like, you know, live, you know, we'll take your input and like develop it into the game live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Get earliest yeah. access. Oh, yeah. Earliest Devolver. access. Yeah. Devolver, yeah. They, they absolutely had their finger on the pulse of the absurdity that is the world. But yeah, the whole the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like sometimes, um, when I read Steam reviews, it it's just like, mm, man, I I feel like I lose a lot of faith in humanity, right? Because it's like if the if the game is obviously like somebody's putting a lot of effort in, it's like constructive criticism, not just like you know. Like I'm just here to shit on you, <laughs> you know, for for no reason, right? And and it seems like, uh, especially in the younger people who haven't ever had to work for anything yet, uh, or put a lot of effort into a project and and then had somebody shit on it, um, is it's like just a little respect goes a long way because you want you want to keep the developer uh, in in good spirits, right? You do not want to discourage them off developing their game. It's like, you might want it to be better. And I think the best way to do that is to support and encourage and, and like try to keep them from committing suicide, not uh, (laughs) like be part of the problem. Right. It's like, and this game was, this game was abandoned because we review bombed it into oblivion and then did nothing but bitch up a storm every time they tried to update it. Oh, well, yeah, the blame's on you. So, supportive not destructive criticism thank you yeah i mean it's, some people are genuinely toxic to developers i've seen it I and mean, it's just yeah it's super toxic and that's a that's a thing maybe the internet has has encouraged because uh with with physical if you're in front of me and you talk to me like some people talk to me on the internet you're not going to do it twice Right. And that's a problem that people have is, is like they get used to talking to people on the internet and then they don't know what the limits are whenever you're actually within choking range. Right. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, it's, it's just like treat everybody on the internet as if they were physically there and could just choke the shit out of you for saying what you're about to say. And then don't say it, you know, like say what you got to say, but actually, don't don't try to entertain yourself by how rude you can be. Or we will and, find and, and the other thing is some people will get so prejudiced against against not necessarily uh, a developer, but against a franchise. You know, they they might say, Well, anything you cre- you create for that franchise, I'm never going to buy it. And sometimes it's Sometimes it's genuine, like for example, the uh, EA. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's like No Man's Sky, where they've actually made major improvements. Yeah, and well, it's, that, and that's the thing, right? Know, we all enjoyed shitting on them whenever they did what they did, and then they've gone. You know, they they went underground, and and we're just like, yeah, we're we over 
we over interacted with the community and now we've learned our lesson and we're going to err on the side of under interaction. Right. And then when we release patches, it's like, surprise, here it is, which surprised the shit out of everyone. Right. Because we thought they were dead and gone and, you know, run with whatever money and, you know, reputations be damned. Right. But no, they're actually sticking around trying to make it good. And, 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 and I have to give them good credit, job. huge yeah. credit to this because they could have just walked away. And I don't think anyone would have cared. I mean, honestly, if they'd walked away after what happened at launch. Yeah, they were already dead to us. So if they would have actually gone away, it wouldn't have changed anything. Like, yeah, but now. We couldn't hate them more. <laughs> right, like, but now, now it's like, I, oh. No, I, I, I continue to play No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's I'm, actually something. Now. I'm having fun. So, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? But But then it's like, I'm not going to say they didn't deserve what they got, uh, but they're wiser for it. And, and I think they maybe like overreacted in the opposite direction a little too far. Cause they should have at least been like, Hey guys, we're going to go off the radar, but we are working on the game. Right. They just went silent. We didn't even get that. So that made everybody think, well, you know, um, but it, it's, it's like, well, we're, we're continuing to work on it. Um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna hype train it or whatever. It, it's just gonna be like you'll see what it is when it comes out. Yeah, I mean so. they, they've got the framework now for it's not there yet, but they've got the framework for co op play where you can actually explore together. And it hasn't it hasn't happened yet, but they're getting it there, and that's the awesome yeah. part. Yeah, because it's like I don't need my I don't need uh, my weapons to be able to damage the other player or any of that crap. Right. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to have like combat with other humans or whatever, but to have the other person just physically present there and I can hand them a thing, you know, it's like, Hey, here's a widget here. Have it, you know, or build, you know, build a base together or uh, get into a vehicle. You know, one of you controls a turret and the other one drives. Hey, that's awesome stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's like, let, let us do that. Don't worry about how well it works. Just put it there. And then, you know. Well, I mean, they're getting it there. That's a, that's yeah. the important thing. Is they're actually working toward that co-op right. experience. I, and, I, I wish that there was like a, a a public test version of it. That's just like, this is the nightly build. It's horribly broken. We make no expectation that it's actually going to function. Right. Well, if you have but it on Steam, I don't. Here. If you have it on Steam, you can actually opt in for whatever the uh, release candidate is um, before often, they push it live. I wonder how often they update that, though, or if it's just like, well, the week before it's live. If they, I, I'm if not they sure how much like, they, Here's the weekly build. I would be down for that. I would rebuy it on Steam just to get into that. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, I have it on PS4, so I have to wait for the release version. But, but, yeah, but uh, to be honest, version. right, right. So, uh, Spaz, what do you do to keep up with the games, to find new games that you want to play? Uh, it's actually mostly what Jim does. Same thing. Uh, I check the updated list. I check the current release list. And occasionally, depending on the the developer, I'll check their YouTube, uh, follow them there. And uh, sometimes on Facebook, I'll see just because I've 
followed other posts. I'll occasionally get uh, recommendations from there as well. It's hard, though. I mean, even even from a developer standpoint, it's hard to to find stuff that's similar to what you've already played, to what you've worked on. To I mean, that's how I found Pulsar. Hey, uh, that worked out pretty well. And they did a lot of stuff that Quintet did. So there's a lot of carryover. You know, I can I could probably go on to the Pulsar community and their in the Steam discussions and talk about Quintet and have people say, Hey, I've played that too. Probably. You know, from from a person who's in the the community, my thought is always like, Well, why doesn't Pulsar and Quintet just get married? Like we'd have the one game that does everything that you know, because honestly that's what I want. I, I want something that's like Pulsar, but then you can have multiple ships that interact with each other, like Quintet. The multiple ships would be a nice thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which, by the way, did you see Airships is out? I, I don't. It, it, another one of those like just slid right past. I, I had no idea. Um, Airships is like a construction thing. You know, Minecraft, build your own stuff. Um, at, combined with uh, what, what's the game? that uh, you have, like, multi-crew and you fight in the Zeppelins. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Guns of Icarus. Yeah, Guns of Icarus. So it's Guns of Icarus, but you construct your own ships, and, and it's multi-crew and whatever. Oh, it's yeah, like, I know It's not like that, flo- like, like that floating worlds game or whatever, because there's no, there's no, like, MMO ground game to it. It's just, like, build your damn boat and let's go. Um, so kind of neat and cheap. But anyway, sorry to interrupt, but you just reminded me of that. That's fine. Because that's like another Reese's Peanut Butter Cup story, right? It's like, I wish that these features and those features were in one game together. And these guys put the peanut butter and the chocolate together, and it's great. Is that Airships Conquer the Skies? No. I don't think so. Let me look it up. It's not the Conquer the Skies, though. That's a strategy game. No, this looks like you build 2D airships and fly oh, yeah, around. Yeah, this isn't 2D. Oh. Yeah. No, Airships Conquer the Skies. Um, that that reminds me of the other game that I've been playing a lot of lately, which is Windforge, which is great. It's nine bucks. Um, it's, I tried, it's like Terraria with airships and I shit. tried playing it, and I I died by falling off a thing. You know, that generally would happen. And then the thing is, it's like, let's restore your game. And it restored me in the middle of falling off the thing. Sweet. So, okay, so if you right click, you shoot a grappling hook. For me to shoot the grappling hook. There was nowhere. Yeah. Oh. So I. Yeah. So that's maybe not great. That was not great. <laughs> I did try it. You were like, yeah. oh, my God, this is so great. I'm like, wow, I own this. I'll try it. Yeah. Go, go back. Try it again. Like, oh, all right. Don't fall off that cliff or whatever. It is worth your time. Trust me. It is well worth your time. Okay. So thing about like games where we, let's just do a damn episode about this sometime. Cause there's so many of them where it's like the peanut butter and the chocolate. And what, what, would, what do we actually want? Right. Cause I was looking at like D and D kind of games and EverQuest or whatever. And we've been playing arc again and it's like, how come nobody's made an MMO that's just like dragon or not dragon riders, uh, but dinosaurs, right? It'd just be like, all right, it's King Arthur, but instead of sor- instead of horses, we got uh, raptors that we ride around on. 
and instead of like oxes in the field, they're triceratops. Right. So you want you so, want to have a you want to have a, a discussion where we talk about why hasn't this chocolate yeah, like, peanut butter game I, been made? Yeah, it's like I wish somebody would put uh you know this game and that game together, and then we would have this. I will yeah. add it to the list because I it's I, a worthy I do topic. That. I do it continuously. You know, it's just like log into Steam or not Discord any given day, right? And it's like, damn, I wish somebody would make this. And unfortunately, <sighs> while we know a lot of developers, they're kind of busy. Well, so they're, I'm, pu- I'm they're putting it on the calendar. Like, on your dumb idea. I'm putting it on the calendar because why not? That's a good topic. Yeah. Well, okay. Cogmind, right? Oh, I, I actually was, love it. I was talking to the guy that make, makes Cogmind. I talked to him a lot lately. Um, and it's like, you know, Dwarf Fortress is a thing. And then in Cogmind, we're this robot running around this complex, but it's it's like a, you know, some kind of like robot uh, giant complex that's underground, right? But we explore that. Um, what if it was the other way around? What if I was the complex and I'm playing robot dwarf fortress and I just have to manage all these freaking robots and the ones that break out uh, like with viruses and stuff, which you are the, you know, as, as the player, right. The cog mind thing. It's just like, those are just annoyances to you because you're just trying to keep order in the complex. It's like, just spin the shit on its head, man. It's like, this is your next game, please. Because like, nobody seems to be able to make a dwarf fortress that I can actually enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, my God, is it dwarf meant to be enjoyed? Well, yeah, I, I think it's, <laughs> It, it's a purgatory item. It's like we, we're going to lightly torture you, but it's not hell. It's just sort of purgatory. It's well, not it's fair enough. Tick, tickling, not burning. So yeah, but yeah, it, Dwarf Fortress, man. Like I, I saw that one video about Dwarf Fortress killing the cats. Did you guys see that? No. No. Okay. So he was trying to figure out like. Why did Dwarf Fortress, uh, there was some bug or something happened and there was a bunch of cats that were dying, but the cats would vomit, you know, they were covered in vomit and dead when people would find them. And it's like, what's going on? Is there like some disease or whatever? So the developer traced it back and figured out what happened. Right. And the, the short story is they, they track like if a dwarf, um, is, is out in the mud, he'll get mud on him but it's specific. Like he has mud on his boots. He has mud on his pants, you know, something like that. Right. So it actually tracks like, okay, there's this much mud on this thing. And then if he gets in the water, then the mud washes off or whatever. Well, then it was like, he'd have, they had a problem with people getting mud in their eye. So it's like, well, now we have to simulate eyelids. So eyelid blinking will clean mud off your eye. All right. So, Hey, the developer really likes cats. So cats are constantly cleaning themselves. So let's make it so that whenever cats get stuff on it, then they'll lick themselves and clean it off. But the problem is that cats ingest whatever they're licking. So they actually ate mud. But does that have a problem? You know, is that a medical problem? Not really. But if cats get something poisonous on them and eat it, while trying to clean it off, then they die. Right. So dwarves do one thing in abundance and that's drink beer. And 
if the dwarves are drinking beer and the beer gets spilled on the floor and the cat walks through the beer, the cat's got beer on its feet. And then whenever it licks the beer off, it gets a buzz. Well, the thing was, he wasn't tracking like a unit of beer as, you know, it was like, this is one unit of beer. And if it's on the floor, it's one unit of beer. Um, but if you drink it, you know, a, a pint glass, it's like, that's one unit of beer. So when the cat would lick its feet, well, that's four units of beer. So it's like, it just drank four pints and a cat will die. Uh, so he had to like make the beer more granular. So it's like, no, this is like a cat. This, size. this sounds like it was way overly complicated. Like why just not remove. Be, because that's dwarf fortress. That's that's the best answer I can give you. Uh, yeah, honestly, that is the best answer you could be given. Because this game tracks, do you have mud in your eye, and how many times did you blink before the mud was gone, and that shit. And But the sick part is that it's tracking that because it's just ASCII, and no, no art has to transpire. This is all just like numbers and the thing, and how the hell you keep that. It, it, as, a, as the developer... It's amazing that he has modeled that much minutia and the game actually doesn't take like a day per tick <laughs> you know, to calculate like every citizen that's got mud in their eye and every cat that's a, that's like licked its butt, you know, or whatever has happened. Right. And, and it's like, that's crazy, but that's also dwarf fortress, but it, but it's the, the thing of nobody has to draw any of this shit. Well, because it's not visually represented, like how how do I as the player actually know that this shit is going on? That's what I've not been able to penetrate with this game. And where I miss the entertainment part of it is is just like the game is just going by. Do I, do I have to like read the logs and then I go to like an individual guy and check like all this minutious status thing and then it's almost like CSI, right? It's like this guy's got this condition. Well, I have to look through the logs and try to figure out where he got it from or what, you know, it's because it never pops up a notification like, Hey, check this out. You know, Bob just contracted malaria from that mosquito or it, it doesn't, it's just like Bob falls over and it's like, well, what happened? He died from malaria. Well, how long has he had that and where from and why? And, and it's just, yeah. So Dwarf Fortress, it's one of those games that I can't play it. I just can't. But I love to read stories from people that have that actually understand how to how to mine all this information out of it. And much like the Space Station 13 talk that we were having earlier today, I hate playing that game, but I love the stories. And how did you find Space Station 13? Uh, somebody mentioned it. I don't think it was in our thing. It was... Somebody mentioned it somewhere. Maybe it was like YouTube and I stumbled across it or something. And I was like, that looks insane. And it was, I think it was like one of those Minecraft or uh, Dwarf Fortress story things where somebody was telling this story and it's like, oh yeah, this all went down in Space Station 13. Did you, did you hear about when, you know, like the clown killed everybody or whatever? And, and it's like, the what? <laughs> so I had to look into that and it was just like, this game's insane, but that's another thing, right? Where like nobody can make a dwarf fortress clone that is any kind of fun. And how many times spaz have people tried to make space station 13 clones and they, they just 
quit in the middle because they just realize they can't do it. They just yeah. reject. Yeah. Which that new game that came out today in early access stationers, uh, I would caution everybody to wait on that thing. Um, Fair enough. It, yeah. Uh, because it, it is being sold as this is the new space station 13. Well, right now it's kind of like uh, Astroneer except that it's got this level of complexity to it. Imagine if a game that on the surface is as simple as Astroneer, but then whenever you try to do something simple, like uh, turn on a flashlight, right? It's like, okay, well, the flashlight's in this bin, and I pick the flashlight up, and it's in my right hand. Well, wait, I have to hit a key and switch hands. Now it's in my left hand. So with my right hand, I'm going to open this drawer, and then in the drawer is a battery. So I'm going to pick the battery up. All right. So now I have to switch context of my hands back to my left hand and open the flashlight. And then there's a battery compartment. So I select the battery compartment. And without closing that, I have to switch context to my right hand and then use the action key on the battery, which will then put it in the flashlight. And then I close the flashlight and then I switch hands with the flashlight again. So it's in my right hand. And then I go to the flashlight activation menu and I turn it on. Wow. Uh, no, <laughs> just please God. No, they, they basically, they took Astroneer and then they put the, the, the management hell of Hellion in it where it's, it's like, Oh, my ship won't start. Well, I have to go over here and I open up the air filters and the thing slides out and it's like, Oh, well there's one good filter and then there's one bad filter. So I pull the filter cartridge and then I hunt around the ship in toolboxes till I find a replacement cartridge. And then I go over there and I slot the cartridge and shove the air conditioner shut again. And then you go try to start the, the ship again. Oh, nope. Something's still broke. Oh, well, all right. I look at this other panel. Well, there's another red thing there. It's like some kind of like injector module. All right. Well, I pull that out of the panel and then, and it's in my inventory. Right. And then I walk around and I try to find another thing that looks like this and shove it in the panel. Yeah. They, they did that. It basically, a game that looks like Astroneers, it is supposed to be Space Station 13, but if it continues the way that it looks, it's just going to be another Space Engineers. But then it's got the hell of interacting with stuff like Hellion does. And I was just like, wow, this is a game nobody wants. But- no, in a way, I'd say with Hellion, you got the advantage of, well, it's it's actually kind of fun once you get into it. The complexity is great, I'll have to say. But, yeah, but the game but, is the complexity. It's it's a game yeah. about trying to figure out how the hell you put a battery in a flashlight and not, you know. And and I got into the process of, like, building the base. And, and in Space Engineers, it's like, do I have the materials in my inventory to do this? Yes. Okay. So I pull out my tool, and then I pick the I pick the type of block I'm going to build and I stamp that block down and I hold the button down while, you know, my, my torch works on it. And then the block is solid. And then I move to the next one. Right. And that's about as much effort as I want to put in per block because Minecraft, it's just like thunk, thunk, thunk. I'm laying down blocks. Well, here you actually have to say, this is where I want the block. And then you weld it together, which takes a lot more time in, in this game. It's like, I have to go over to the toolbox and I get the welder out and I put that in one hand and then I have to have steel plates in the other hand. And then I go over there and I say, okay, now I want to make this steel wall. 
So I have to turn the torch on and then select the torch hand and then pick the wall that I'm going to build and then point it at the thing. But I have to have the wall in one or I have to have the tool in one hand and the materials in the other hand. And then it builds the thing. It can't just get them out of my inventory. And there's no such thing as a mouse inventory. You can't drag and drop shit. It's all about like context of left hand, right hand, you know, is my right hand in my tool belt right now? Oh my God. No. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the refund button was found. Uh, about 45 minutes into that oh. and and it's just like well i'm gonna watch you right I, I i was looking at it pretty fondly but the thing is that they're marketing this like this is this is inspired by space station 13 and i look at this and i'm like fucking shit it is because if this was inspired by 13 then there would be a space station there wouldn't be like three toolboxes and an empty moon surface and it's like hey build your base it's like no this is a base builder where Space Station 13 is like, you're already in the base, it's built, and it's falling apart. And that's when the drama starts. All right, so it's that's a game about entropy and which side of entropy you're on. You're, you know, some of the people are there to cause trouble and some of the people are there to, to fix problems. Um, it's cops and robbers, basically, uh, with a whole lot of weird. Um, but then this other game is just like, yeah, it's space engineers, but it's a super pain in the ass. <clears throat> like yeah, space engineers. Oh no, it's space engineers like with the pain in the ass turned up to eleven. Oh, yeah. Well, so, if you have um, to say more complicated than Hellion, um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Oh. That's pretty bad. Uh, Hunter, how do you? Let's let's wrap it up here. Hunter, how do you find the games you want? Like new games? How do you? What do you do? Anything different than the others have said? Um, yeah, a little bit, but like I also rely on the community that I'm with. You know, like Space Game Junkie, for example. I mean, there's yeah. there's plenty of people in here who you know one are developers, two are uh, fellow enthusiasts. So I mean, I do a lot of quote unquote soul searching through our group, you know, to find what I'm looking for. Um, so, so you you basically uh, you take a more spiritual approach to game hunting. Sure, I guess. I mean, it's really, it's really one of those things where you, I, I've learned a long time ago, you can't rely on Steam. No, you can't. They really want to be a social media network, but yeah, yeah, not. Hey, so I found that game that I was talking about. It's Airman. Airman link to the Steam thingy. Dude, they got robots in here. Discoverability. I've never heard of this game until today. Right. And it came out July 25th. Jesus. Like, how did we miss this? But yeah. Well, we know how we missed it. 6,000 games got released this year. Yeah, but I had it on my wish list and I still missed that it came out. How did it get on your wish list and not ours? That's the Uh, thing. I don't know. I think it was like. I think it was like whenever the the expansion came out for Wings of or Guns of Icarus, and then this was in my like other games like Guns of Icarus, but it was like uh, coming soon, not an actual game. And then okay, it fair came enough, soon, and I missed it. But it's fifteen bucks, so uh, a lot of people. If I'm reading down through the reviews, and people are like, "Yeah, this is kind of cool," so yeah, I don't know. Oh, one person is playing it right now. Is that uh, you, Jim? Well, <laughs> nope, that's not me. <laughs> oh, no. But you know what? 
But you know what? You just saved me 15 bucks because if there's only one person playing it right now. Well, you can also play it solo. You can also play it solo, apparently. Yeah. So mm. I'm, fi- I'm fine if a thing Last has bots. Last update was December 8th. There is a demo. So, Oh, is there? All right. Well, we'll do the demo then. Um, but he is. Okay. So December 1st, he had an update. December 8th, he had an update. Whoa. That's really cool that he's he's actually continuing to support the thing because if I was the developer and I saw like oh there's one person playing this game, eh, <laughs> you know maybe I'm not going to continue to throw money down that hole. Yeah, I kind of I'm I'm definitely wish listing it. I'm going to keep an eye on it. That looks great. See discoverability, folks. <laughs> I guess the the one there are two methods. Yeah, I <clears throat> played it. He said it would. He played the alpha. It was oh. pretty fun. Definitely would have been better with friends. Yeah. The um, the two the two things that that I do that you guys haven't uh, mentioned is I'm on a lot of forums, and uh, forums are they're kind of antiquated. I know, but I'm antiquated, so yeah, I'm still oh, fine the with way, them. And uh, what I, I I have to just interrupt you again because uh, yeah, so Teflon in the chat throws a link to make sale. Which is yet another uh, steampunk airship game? What the what coming out? Yeah, it's it's just like my god, they're they're it's coming from everywhere. This, this looks great. Yet. This looks yes, great. it does. And I hope that it's not limited to only multiplayer. It is only uh, single player. It is only single player. Oh, oh, thank God. Okay, good. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. That's discoverability. That's the, <laughs> we, this, this is the deal. It's like maybe this is how Steam fixes it, but you have to crowdsource in in niches, right? So it's almost like a curator that's crowdsourced. You know, it's like you join a community and then you can you can curate things up that small silo or something. I, I don't know. It's it's just yeah, you got me. Wow, the boats have little guys on them, pulling the sails and stuff. That's great. Oh, cool! Teflon said Alpha's going to start this month. Woo! I say we kiss their ass and get some Alpha keys. Well, we've already done that, haven't we? Anyway, um, there it is. Excuse me. You. So another yeah. another great way I use folks. Um, is RSS feeds. They're still very popular. They're still everyone still uses them. And with a service like Feedly, you could like browse gaming news in moments. And it's one of the most useful ways I find to keep track of um of gaming news, especially space gaming news, because a lot of a lot of the smart developers have blogs and a lot of those blogs have RSS feeds. So you just put them all in one place. Right there. They're fantastic. So that would be my one of my biggest recommendations is something like Feedly, you know, um, which was which pretty much took over for Google Reader once that shut down. Uh, but yeah, so I think we've discovered. <laughs> I didn't even intend that. Um, I think we've discovered tonight that discoverability is going to be an everlasting problem, but there are ways to uh, to get around it. You know, yeah, it, we it's find a, the shitty developers and axe murder them in their sleep. Uh, then, it, yeah, you know. they'll be they'll be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. Um, 
But but no, it's basically find like I guess it's like anything else in life. Find like minded people. Reddit subreddits, discords, forums, and and talk this about the game. What was that? I said this community. Yeah, exactly. And 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 talk about the games you want to play, and other people will mention you know other games you might be interested. in. I mean, there's also great subreddits like gaming suggestions. Where people talk, people are like I want this kind of game, and I like this, and people yeah. make suggestions. That's a really I, I had, patient gamers. That's that's a good one. It's, patient gamers about a game until it's been out. Six yeah, months. patient gamers is also a great one. So yeah, there are a lot of great subreddits. Uh, Twitter, stay, I guess, is a good stay one. Away, stay away from our gaming. You know, r slash gaming. Oh god, that's a trash. That's, that's a trash fire. It's just a trash. Yeah, it's fire. a trash dump. But but PC <clears> gaming is much yeah. better. PC gaming is great. Patient gamers is great. Gaming suggestions is great. Uh, those are all really great subreddits. Game deals is also a great one because they're very active about posting new games that have uh, sales, like launch sales. So that's another great one. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of ways uh, to keep track of what's out there. It's a lot of work, but it's really worth it because I don't think we've ever been in a time as busy as we are now with so many good games and segueing into what next week's show is going to be about uh, next week we're going to talk about 2017 how many games have come out what our favorites are what the disappointments were because it's been a crazy year for gaming not just space gaming I mean space gaming has been insane I don't think any year has had this many games come out in one year I don't think last year did it uh, whatever I, I think I don't, I'll have to look at the numbers, but I don't think we've had as many games come out in any year as we have this year. Maybe like yeah, – like, Sorry, go ahead. If, if one in 100 games isn't trash, that still means that you had 600 games. Right? And, and out, of the all, out of all the space games that I reviewed this year, I think, the, about 40 of them, I think only four or five were bad. The rest were quite good. It's just really, really impressive. Oh, that's an interesting notion, Fiedry. Um Engine-specific subreddits, like Unreal Engine. That's probably not a bad idea, like because a lot of games use Unreal or Unity. That's actually a really good idea. I'm going to do that right now, actually. <laughs> it is an interesting time to be a gamer. It's, it's Or a developer. Yeah, it's probably a better time to be a gamer <laughs> than a developer. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, without question. Excuse me. But yeah, this has been a very lively chat. And I think, uh, I hope, folks, we gave you a lot of good tips. I saw some people in the chat are using Enhanced Steam now for the first time. Um, Enhanced Steam is the best. So, folks, if you're not using Enhanced Steam, just look it up. I think it's actually enhancedsteam.com. It's a browser plugin. It's the best. The best. Um,. But yeah, I want to I want to thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you uh, on Thursday. What are we playing on Thursday? Uh, Aramek Wastelands. Yeah. How many players does that support? Is it only two? Uh, I can support up to three in a single match. Okay, so it might just be us. But it's if you co-op. have, but if you have Aramek Wastelands, which is kind of a PVE twin stick shootery thing, uh, with missions and like a kind of a meta game. Uh, it's actually kind of neat. I, I'm terrible at it, so this will be helpful for me, at least. 
Yeah. So, so explain Spaz, cause you've got 5,000 hours in this game already. Yeah. 108 as of this moment. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I bought it and I got through like the tutorial beginning level, but I had a whole bunch of other stuff I had to deal with. So I haven't been able to circle back to it. Um, but give me the rundown. Like, where does this game go? And if, if, I played Aramac before, and it was basically like Herzog's way, right? Yeah, the, so, the, yeah, that's so that's it, uh, the inspiration or the major inspiration for it is. Uh, so you, so you play, you play as a transformer, basically. Um, you can turn into a jet, or you can turn into a robot, and then you run around and shoot tanks and other robots. Uh, that's that's a big part of it. the uh, yeah. The major part of it is that you're trying to uh, either. One of two things, uh, destroy the enemy's base, their main base, or you're trying to survive as long as you can through X number of waves. And sometimes you can handle that and survive, but uh, a lot of the times it's just going to kick your ass. Hmm. It, it's fun, though. I have a hell of a lot of fun with it. So so that's the new game? It's kind of like Tower So Defense, So Wastelands actually is um, – what they ended up doing was taking the original air mech – which had both PVE and PVP modes. And then they split them into what is now called Airmax Strike, which is pure PVP, mm-hmm. and Wastelands, which is PVE and single player. And okay. it has the, the campaign, basically. That's where, that's where they moved that off to. So, so the, the interesting thing about that is the PVP and Airmax Strike is just skill-based. Right. You don't have any items that boost any sort of stats. As far as that goes, it's just PVP is a free to play game, right? Correct. But the inventory carries over. So if you happen to that's so if you happen to buy uh, a unit type for use in PVP, it will also show up in Wastelands. So Wastelands costs 20 bucks. So does that unlock a bunch of stuff in the free game? Uh, You you have stuff that will be that carries over between both. Okay. Like for example, any uh, air mech skins that you have. Mm. So there are all these different variants of say the striker, uh, which is the basic unit, uh, which is a jet. Mm. You can use any of those skins in either game. Uh, in, in strike, they have no, uh, no bonuses that come along with that. It's just cosmetic, but in wastelands, many of those variants have, stats associated with them that boost certain parts. Okay. Makes the sense. So yeah, the, thank, thank you for posting it. It's 20 bucks. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just 20 bucks. But if you happen played air mech strike and you had to spend, I believe it was at least 10 bucks. Or actually made any purchase in in Strike before November first of this year, you can get Wastelands for free. There's a way to do it. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's now uh, according to according to uh, their their dev team, uh, only about a few percent of the people who've actually played Strike actually ended up buying anything. But those of us who did, hey, yeah, well, we helped support it. So well, that's cool. And then, of course, people buying this, the money is going to all be in the same bucket. So, right. Yeah. I don't mind supporting them. I think twenty bucks is a little much out the gate. But then again, they're they're following Jim's rule of steam pricing, 
where you charge twice as much as what you actually want to sell it for because you know you're going to sell it at 50% off. So. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, man. It's at 20, 20 bucks. I didn't have to pay for it because I'd put in, well, I'll just say more than that uh, in, in the previous version of Air Mac. So I got it for free. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's, there's, there's a lot of gameplay there. And I've put in, since the launch, 108 hours. Holy crap. <laughs> I've put in like three, maybe two. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of robots, did you see this? the news about MacWarrior 5? End of 2018 with modability and co-op. Four player co-op. Oh. That's, the, that's the killer feature for me. I think, yes, co-op, I, I th- please. I think my next build is going to be built around being able to play that game. Honestly. like That's fair. <laughs> Anyway, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And if you have any further uh, suggestions for discoverability, uh, please feel free to leave them in the chat or contact us through, or PM them to me and I'll add them to the show notes. Uh, but as you've heard, there are a lot of ways to keep track, almost too many, to uh, to keep <coughs> excuse me track of um, new games coming out and find the games you love. It's crazy. So yes, Thursday we're playing Air Mech, uh Wastelands, which should be a good time. And then next Tuesday we're going to look back at the crazy year that's been uh, 2017 because it has been crazy and uh, try and sum it up in an hour or two. So uh, thanks for watching and for listening, everyone. Oh, and by the way, uh, because of Patreon's new... I'm just going to use the word fuckery... With their fees, I am looking at a way if people want to donate to help cover the cost of the site. Uh, I'm looking at alternatives. PayPal right now is a good alternative, but there might be a couple other methods. Um, but yeah, right now, Patreon isn't doing themselves any favors. Um, so yeah, if, and if you do donate through Patreon, thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, have a great night, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Thursday. Good night.